State your name, please. Claire Brown. Peggy! It's happening again. We're missing a little girl. Everyone in the village disappears on the 21st of November, 1967. The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Kyle Jones, and this is episode 261, where we will be reviewing the Village of the Angels. And who are we? Again, I am Kyle Jones. Correctly reversed my polarity there, so I am back in the present. Not a flashback, back in the present. But it is the 23rd of November, 2021. Welcome back, Lee Shackelford. Lee, how are you, my friend? I am well. I have learned uh, a Chinese word that I wanted to share with you. Uh, share. Yeah. How are How Okay. Because it's inflective. So I think I've got the emphasis right. How Which um, basically means everything's good. It's fine. But one of my friends who is into the philosophy says that, in fact, philosophically, when you say that, what you're saying is everything is well along all possible dimensions. Hmm. I said, wow. Okay, the next time Kyle asks me how I'm doing, I will say, how are Interesting. Mm. Well, that word back to you too? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the other person who is in danger, I think, in this episode of being recalled by a certain division, maybe? Clarence Brown. How are you, my friend? I'm doing okay, I guess. I guess you could say I'm the opposite of... Howle, if you're going to say my to my day or my week is any indication, <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm glad to be here despite a few mishaps um, this, this week, but I'm glad to be here with you guys talking about Dr. Who. You know, I say when you survived the flux, that's what happened. So before we go any further, considering the fact of some of the things I'm about to talk about, I want to say for anyone listening, if you have not seen the latest episode of Discuss, if you have not seen the latest episode of Doctor Who Flux, The Village of the Angels, or if you don't know the episode titles that come after, put us on pause, go out, read the news, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? And I killed Sparky, too. <laughs> Alrighty, everyone. Just wanted to say this is the 23rd of November, 2021, and it is the 58th anniversary of Doctor Who. Lee Shackelford. Thoughts. 58 years and still going. Still ticking. And we... Those of us who uh, really enjoyed uh, getting through the 50th uh, and everything that that offered are looking forward to 60. We'll see what happens with 60. I guess we'll talk about it when the time comes. But interesting that this story that we're going to talk about tonight 
actually took place in the mid sixties. Yeah, I wondered about that. And I, I, I kept thinking how how easy it would be for uh, Claire to have landed in uh, November twenty third, nineteen sixty three. But I don't know. But may, maybe another writer would have done that. But uh, that's not where they put her. So anyway, I do. I do find it really interesting that the episodes are lining up calendar wise with some of the, you know, or at least some of them are airing and lining up story wise on the same day. We've made reference in the first episode, of course, to October the 31st. And there was a reference before they got sent back into the past for it being November the 21st. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And I wondered if this was a, a, a an Easter egg. But um, what was going on on Doctor Who uh, that week was uh, part of the Ice Warriors. And mm. I don't see any connection between what's going on here with uh, the second Doctor and Ice Warriors. But we may yet be surprised. We we may yet be surprised. Maybe yet. Yeah. No, no, mm. that's... That's a, I'm being a little abominable, oh, yes. but I can't help it. But what mm. I can't help also is Clarence Brown, 58 years of Doctor Who. Thoughts? Uh, well, you know, you know, I'm not a big classic guy myself, but just to see something last that long, uh, I think is pretty amazing. And to see it become what it's become today is just this gargantuan intellectual property that is in a select few that are just huge and sprawling right now. So kudos to the BBC and this amazing show that it still is lasting after all these years. Yes, 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 indeed. And for anyone listening, if you would like to, if you've not already seen by the time this episode goes out, if you've not already seen it, the great and wonderful fourth doctor himself, Tom Baker, recorded a message that I saw on Twitter earlier, and I shared that to our Discussing Who Facebook page, as well as I will be sharing it on our Discord server after we finish this recording. So if you have not checked out our Facebook page, page please do so you can just find that at discussing who you can find us at twitter or instagram at discussing who and finally last but not least you can find us on discord at discord.discussingnetwork.com and speaking of twitter i did a poll for our discussing who twitter account and i asked the question are you enjoying Doctor Who Flux? Let us know, and we will mention it on an upcoming Discussing Who. So the answer was 90% one way, 90%, excuse me, 10% the other. So 90%, was that a yes or was that a no? Lee, what do you think? My guess will be yes. All right, Clarence, what do you say? Double down on what Lee said, definitely a yes. I'm going to third that and say it was 90% yes, 10% no. That was cool. I really was excited to see that. One of my friends on Facebook posted today that this is the worst, this most recent um, Village of the Angels is undoubtedly the worst Doctor Who ever. And it's just part of the worst season of Doctor Who ever. And I can't wait for this to all be over. What? So, you know, haters going to hate. 
Oh, man. But you know what? No matter what, we will all be survivors of the flux, maybe. And maybe we will even be the vanquishers of all that hate at the end. Who knows? I like it. I like it. But are you really thriving slash surviving in 1901? Are you really? Simpler times. I don't know, but we might find out next episode when that title is The Survivors of the Flux. And the sixth episode is The Vanquishers. So the ending titles, curiously, The Vanquishers, what does that say to you? I mean, what, what, anything come to mind? Interesting title, but. Well, they couldn't call it The Avengers. <laughs> True. <laughs> I, am I, am I following this right that, uh, Swarm and Azure are collectively called the Ravagers. Mm-hmm. I believe so. So, I don't know. I, I, I envision Chapter 5, a war between the Ravagers and the Vanquishers, and in the sixth chapter, the Vanquishers prevail. So, Clarence, let me ask you a question. We know that there are there will be three specials in 2022. Do you think... Flux is self-contained, or do you think Flux will lead into these three specials in 2022? Uh, Certainly, I think elements of it are going to bleed over. Uh, We may find our doctor in a very curious state of sorts, Uh, probably a sad state, depending on what happens by the end of this, this, this story. So, yeah, I think elements are definitely going to bleed over, but more so on the emotional state of the doctor. So I'm going to add something to this before, um, Lee, before you say your answer, which is I wish the BBC, I don't want to say the, the word that came to my head was propaganda, but marketing is what I really mean, which is I wish they would have waited until the end of Flux to announce that Doctor Who will return on 1-1-2022. Yay, that is cool. But they also released an image, which it wasn't enough of, and I'm not going to say what the image was, but it wasn't enough to per se give anything away. But it did answer my question that I just posed to you, Clarence. And I wish they would have waited a couple of more weeks because then it, I think it would have just added a little bit more to the mystery of what we're watching now. So, gentlemen, I think that at this point we need to go into the summary view. But before I do that, I want to say that The Village of the Angels is the fourth chapter of the 2021 series of Doctor Who, commonly branded as Flux, airing... Sorry. Village of the Angels is the fourth chapter of the 2021 series of Doctor Who, commonly branded as Flux, airing originally on the 21st of November, 2021. It starred Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor, Mandip Gill as Yasmin Khan, and John Bishop as Dan Lewis. So, summary view. I'll actually go first this time. Summary view for me. I love this. I thought it was creepy. I thought some of it was scary. It was moody. It was, I would say it's not as good 
as Blink, but I would put it a close second to Blink in the Weeping Angel lore of stories. I really enjoyed it and curious to what you guys think. Clarence, what say you? Very much enjoyed it. Very much that timey-wimeyness that we're looking for with Doctor Who. And the thing we're always looking for where we want to see repercussions of something happen later on. And I think we get a good sense of that with the little girl in this story. And just seeing the reactions to being put in different times by way of these angels. I thought all of that was really fun and interesting. Like you said, creepy and also unpredictable to a certain point, but I'll get into that a little bit later, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good, well-rounded story that you could never quite put your finger on where it might be going because uh, it was shrouded in mystery up until the very end, I think. I agree with Clarence completely. It's um, uh, it, it is um, well. Uh, you, you said you'd put it up there with Blink, and, and I would too. It's uh, it has that level of creepy that we're we're often looking for, and and you know it's funny. I, I have complained before about episodes where uh, all people were doing was running through tunnels and so on, and I know that was a hallmark of the classic series. But uh, there was a lot of running around and it's right behind you and that kind of stuff in this episode. But the, but the pacing and the significance of what was happening and the variations on it were such that I found it all genuinely thrilling. I, I was on the edge of the proverbial seat. And yeah, isn't that, isn't that what we want? Um, also, big ideas and deep feelings and so that that makes it you know the kind of operatic scale that I'm always looking for. Just I just loved it. Yep, I you know the, I'll get into it in a minute. There was one thing about it that I did not like, but I will get get into that in just a moment. But I'm going to echo again what I said and what you guys said. It was so well paced, and I think that the angels were used in a way to where even would the angels take Manhattan. I loved that episode, but the angels were nothing more in that story for me. They could have been the chairs take Manhattan. They could have been the columns take, the buildings take Manhattan. The angels just happened to be there. I'm thinking of Rory, Amy, and River. And that, well, the doctor, but you know, that's my focus. Even with flesh and stone and the time of angels again river i don't think i've ever paid so much attention to the angels and maybe it was because there was no river but i felt like i was paying attention to the angels for the first time since the first time we saw them which i thought was very very cool so we hear and i want to point this one to you lee we have heard the the picture or the image of an angel is an angel, and we get to see that again. That said, we did get to not see, but we got to hear something that we've never heard before, which is the voice, per se, of an angel. Hmm. What did you think of that? <laughs> and when you put it like that, it, yeah, it's not what you would think the voice of an angel would sound like. <laughs> uh, it, was, uh, it was very scary. Uh, yeah, I thought that was very interesting and very, 
very helpful because we know that the angels communicate with some people telepathically, but out in the audience, we really needed some help with that. So I, I liked that. I liked that Claire was being forced, I guess, to say what her rogue angel needs to communicate to the doctor. So, yeah, I liked that a lot. Well, you had Claire being the voice, and you also had Professor Jericho being talked to in his voice by an angel. Yes. Which I thought was pretty creative. I don't think they went into detail on how that happened, but still, it was interesting and cool to see him kind of talk to himself and be equally creeped out by what's going on around them. So what, you know, you brought up Professor Jericho. I'm curious to know what you guys thought of him. There is a connection to classic who with him. So I'm curious if you know what that connection is, but more importantly, what did you think of the character? And Lee, why don't you go first with this one? Oh, I liked him quite a lot. And I had just said last week that uh, I didn't want to, the script to throw any new characters at us. Um, and of course, that's immediately what happens in this story. Um, but I did want us to connect back up with Claire and find out what that was all about. But uh, I, I liked him a lot. And I have been trying to figure out what the what the connection is to classic series. So there you go. Very interesting. I loved his resolve. He very much was once he was in it, he was definitely uh, holding back no punches. And uh, I love the way he was there protecting the doctor and Claire at a certain point of the episode. And, you know, I did briefly get some creepiness around these, I guess, psychic experiments he was doing on Claire. I really didn't fully understand what was going on there. And it seemed like he was a little hard on her as well. So it actually reminded me of, oh man, we just reviewed it. What's the episode we reviewed where? Hi. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Hi. Hi. Yes. I thought of the, yeah, I thought of that as well. Yep. I totally agree. It did have the feeling of Hyde and the connection to classic who is the actor. The actor has appeared in a classic series episode or story. And it was the sixth doctor story, the twin dilemma. He played a character in that story. So that's the connection there. Yes. And you know, I had read that, um, yeah, that we were going to connect to twin dilemma somehow. Yeah. Which is, is not a beloved episode of the uh, original series by any means. <laughs> it's not one that I go back and revisit on. No, I, I've, I've, I've seen it before, and the fact that I don't remember it says mm. a lot. Yeah. I've seen The Brain of Morbius, and I uh, can very much, you know, remember that one. Yeah. I've seen The Unearthly Child, mm-hmm. and I definitely remember yeah, that. Yeah. Twin Dilemma, I know it has something to do with twins. That's right. And it was a dilemma. But anyway, <laughs> what is not a dilemma is... Maybe it was a dilemma, but I'm not sure because I think it was a trick all along, but I still want to talk about it, is this concept while we're talking angels, the rogue angel and her or its their whatever motive. Clarence, what did you think of this concept of this rogue angel? I find it interesting because... 
that angel wasn't necessarily a rogue against the angels as a group of or a race of beings. It was a, it was the rogue angel going rogue against the division, which, you know, we still need to get more information on what's going on with the division and what they're all about. But I found that very interesting that you would have this angel on the run and, you know, I thought it was rather brilliant how they integrated that story into into Claire's story as well. I do truly think it was a rogue angel. I don't think it was just placed there to bring the doctor to the uh, the angel division. But I think they allowed it. The 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 remaining angels in the division allowed the rogue angel to make that connection so they could use it for this purpose. That's an interesting idea. And, and one of the conversations that I you know, was backing the video up to, to listen to again was the where it was established that the angels were there en masse to get the rogue angel. And then they decided collectively that they can do better and they'll get the doctor. I, I wasn't quite sure how that made sense. I mean, I knew that they were going to come for the doctor sooner or later right that's got to be where this is going but uh so whatever it was if if that was a real um an issue for them then they must really want that rogue angel badly and mm, and, yes. and and if we're to believe what the rogue angel says it's because she it has um has knowledge that is dangerous to everybody else so that's an mm. interesting idea but wouldn't my logic or the logic be that anybody in the division is possessive of knowledge? And maybe it's what the doctor, the fugitive doctor said in her first appearance, which was, I had a job. It's not the kind of job you walk away from. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's once division, always division. And that they routinely wipe your memory when they're through with you. Yes, because I took the fugitive doctors, you know, not walk away is meaning you usually die on the job. Mm, good point. Or you get wiped and turned into a baby child again and say, hello, new child. Right. You don't you don't know about all your other lives. Exactly. Perhaps. Or turned into a weeping angel. You remember that um, mm. back in the, the 10th doctor's time, we saw some um, some time lords. um Assuming that pose with their hands, not directly over their eyes, but with their hands sort of uh, uh, over their face like that, um, you know, with their, with their palms a couple of inches away from their eyes. Um, and many people said, ah, that's where the weeping angels come from. They are disgraced time lords. And uh, we dropped that. Or did we? Or are we now picking that back up again? Or... You know, I think it really makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. And I really like that explanation. I think at the very least, hopefully in this arc, we'll get some explanation on the origins of the Weeping Angels. And to me, if that's it, mm. that's just an uh, excellent, excellent and elegant way to to, you know, explain this race of beings that use time energy to survive. <laughs> I do think it was cool about the comment I made last week. We weren't quite 
right or I wasn't quite right, but I did pose the question, what if the enemy of my enemy is my friend? And for a moment there, I thought that that was really where we were going, that the rogue angel was truly rogue in the sense. And I, you know, and I get what you guys just said, and I agree with what you guys just said, but I thought that was cool nonetheless. And I love the fact that there is someone else other than the matrix that was destroyed, or so the master says, that has knowledge, potential knowledge of the doctor's past beside this matrix that, you know, that's on Gallifrey. So Lee, you've alluded to this. So I want to go ahead and let's just wibbly wobbly around here. It's while we're talking angels, which is this cliffhanger of the angel at the end being the doctor is transformed into an angel thoughts both of you clarence why don't you go first the doctor is an angel at the end do we believe that what are your thoughts i mean she is for right now anyway (laughs) i'm so glad they pulled this as far as a visual shot i'm glad they pulled it off so well because in that first shot with claire with in the mirror it looked like they were just using like a snapchat filter or something for the wings <laughs> so so when we got to the end here and they did this beautiful transformation i'm just glad it all looked well and question mark is is the doctor now an angel at least for a time and that's going to be interesting to to see what they do with that going forward in these next few episodes lee is the doctor an angel do you you have an answer was she before, and uh, the division is recalling her back to her original form? Uh, oh, oh, wow! And, uh, I'm just trying to be provocative. <laughs> I, so mm, now you're making my head hurt. Yeah. Mm. What if she's not an angel at all? What if that is simply a casing? I actually saw this on something I read, and for whoever I read it, I'm sorry that I can't give you the um, attribution or whatever that you deserve because I can't remember where I read it, but that that is nothing more than a casing Mm -hmm. that allows her to be transported with angel ship technology. (laughs) Exactly. When I was watching it the second time, I thought carbonite, exactly. (laughs) That's what I thought when I watched it the second time. I thought, ooh, she'll be very safe in there. (laughs) (laughs) they'll have to thaw her out exactly you know the return of the doctor (laughs) all right so let's talk a little bit about dan and yaz because they get sent back in time to 1901 and meet peggy when she was sent back as well any thoughts in particular on Dan and Yaz and their banter back and forth, anything that they did, any thoughts? And Lee, why don't you take that first? I was really enjoying uh, Yaz uh, and Dan in this and just because this is a a Doctor Who thing, of course, to separate the Doctor from uh, their companions. And so you end up having two stories. And, you know, we've done this since the very beginning. And I really enjoyed what uh, uh, Yaz and Dan trying to, what would the doctor do? 
um, trying to do that thing, but they're sort of, uh, they can gather facts, they can ask the right questions, they can follow leads, but there's not a lot they can do about it, given the scale of what's going on. But uh, uh, I, I thought they were being very true to their characters. I love the fact that for once we saw somebody using the TARDIS telephone, trying to use it as a, to actually call the police. And Yaz comes out and snaps into being a police. You know, um, She's asking the right questions and, you know, she's going to look after the, the lost girl. And, you know, Yaz is police. And, uh, and Dan is uh, still being a slack jawed, but, but hopeful. And uh, I, I, that just made them a very interesting pair. So, yeah, I love that. Absolutely love seeing Yaz shift into police mode, take charge. <laughs> she was asking one too many questions to the grandfather. <laughs> He's like, why you need to know that? <laughs> yeah, just just great seeing her shift into that mode. And, and as, far, as far as her and Dan together, I feel like they both work well together. Seems like they've been doing it for a long time, even though it's only been a few days now, apparently. But also... uh I love the way that Dan, he's been thrust into this world. I mean, just whirlwind into this world. And now he is well in it and seems like he's been doing it forever. <laughs> he, he he has some very good quips in there as well. When he asks, uh, you wouldn't happen to be Peggy, would you? <laughs> and also there's a moment when uh, he's talking to Professor Jericho about, you know, it being 1901 or whatever. I thought that was pretty funny. So, yeah, I thought Dan was great. I loved how they, you know, they have quickly learned the mechanics of how the, the, the Weeping Angels work. And they're kind of trying to help others, in particular, the, the grandparents here in this episode. And, and they just don't listen. So, it's it's it was good to see them go through all of those different high and low points to to get to the end of the episode. And I thought they worked really well together, and it was fun to see. Awesome, awesome. You know, I agree, and I know I'm just going to beat this dead horse with a stick. Blah 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 blah. Which is, you made a statement about it. Seems like she and Dan have been doing this forever. That is big considering the fact they have been together on air, on screen for four episodes total. Mm. And I'm sorry, they have a lot better chemistry, the two of them, than she did with her two prior traveling companions. So mm. uh, I maybe it's just the way they were written, blah, blah. I'm not blaming the actors. I'm blaming the way the characters were written. Mm -hmm. But I agree with exactly what you said. You know, I enjoyed I enjoyed them together, and I would be sad to see either one of them leave right now. And that's sad that I could have... I could have cared less if, if, if Yaz would have left last year, but she has gotten so much more airtime that I am really liking her as a character now. And I just think that that's, you know, good for the actor that I, you know, I'm, I'm just one person, but I'm sure there's probably other people out there that are probably thinking maybe the same thing. Yeah. We, we talked a lot last year, I think about the fact that 
it seemed like yes was continually being shortchanged that there just wasn't a lot for her to do in the episode and she was just sort of there and so now we're making up for lost time and i it's just terrific um what i tell you one of my favorite things with the two of them was them getting sent to 1901 is sort of dan's fault you know i mean they're trying not to blink and then in trying to switch out the batteries he accidentally <laughs> flashes them both in the face so of course they blink i mean it, it's, it's a mistake anybody could make i mean he was trying to help but so we don't blame him but it, yeah. it's just kind of funny uh, and she doesn't blame him you know she's not saying this is all your fault you know but yeah, it's just now, i was gonna ask did we know about the double touch take back thing by the angels if did you would die the second time you get taken back was that established before this episode i feel like we knew that since blink but i can't put my finger on exactly why but yeah it's like if they if they drag you twice through time you don't make it to the other end i don't remember that and I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, well, they need to go back and watch and see how many times Rory was sent back. <laughs> I Rory was sent back by different angels. Ooh. So that, that would still hold true, maybe, in the sense of you can't be sent back by the same angel twice, maybe. Interesting, yeah. I don't know. But speaking of being sent back... Did you guys figure out, did you speculate Peggy and the older woman and that was saying count the statues or count the graves? Did you think that that was Peggy or were you surprised? Is it Peggy? Yes. Remember, she, she tells herself that at the end. Uh, sh okay. It's not like I haven't watched this three times. Uh, I, ju <laughs> I just, what, what I imprinted on was that Peggy recognized the older woman. And called out to her. Mm -mm. Now there, there is a there is a scene where she actually um, leans down and tells herself that you'll never make it back, to, you know, from nineteen oh one because I'm you. Okay, I, I got her saying, you know, you, it'll be sixty six years later, but okay, well, there you go then. <laughs> yep, that's going to happen. Yes, indeed. So, Clarence, what about you? Oh, I saw it coming all the way. I mean, we start the episode with them asking where what's happened to Peggy. And of course, we know what the yeah. Weeping Angels do. And then we see this older woman that seems to know more than everybody else. I just kind of figured from that point that that had to be Peggy. So that's one of the few things that I kind of got pretty early in this episode. Because yeah. we saw that happen. Yeah. Yes, indeed, we did. And one thing, if you notice, going back, knowing that for sure that that's her, if you, I noticed in my second watch that every time they started yelling for Peggy or looking for Peggy, you did see Peggy. You just didn't know that that was Peggy. So that was a very interesting framing. I noticed that every time you heard them say Peggy, 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 there was Peggy. It just wasn't child Peggy. But speaking of hearing, and Lee, I'm going to ask if you noticed this again. Did you notice, because I feel like I did, that the music has stayed in the more 
robust and you know it's it's a difference still in the music yeah. from last two seasons yeah the definitely this this season we've gone back to the the cinematic style that we're accustomed to the uh, the action adventure score and i'm i'm very grateful i noticed that particularly when this the scene where they're trying to escape they're in the basement and they're trying to escape the angels and they go to try to get into the tunnel that there's some music that's playing and i'm like okay this is it's moving the story along and i was like okay let me write that down because i want to bring up the music all right so i want to mention the only thing that i did not like about the episode which is and i am so sorry for anyone to or to anyone who is fans of this character but I could have done without the bell scenes. That just took me out of the story. And it was like, why are we, and I'm going to say the same thing I said in last episode, which is, why are we wasting our time on this character? And why are we wasting our time on this character? Thoughts. Did that take you out? And were you okay with it? And Clarence, why don't you go first? Oh, I was very much into it this time around. I, you know, knowing her connection to Vendor, I was pretty anxious to see what she had been up to and how they're going, how they are going to eventually find each other. So seeing her again, I think it all worked because I kind of have a feeling or the notion of who she actually is. And, you know, we got a good scene of seeing her trying to lead the wayward souls away from the the evil deity that's trying to take over the world. So, yeah, I, I loved seeing her play hero and get her um, her uh, Princess Leia message out to Vendor at the very end. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I enjoyed it this time around because I had context. Um, I just love it, and I think you got no feeling heart. That's, that's the problem there. <laughs> Well, well, my my no heart is (laughs) I am so scared because think of it. I'm thinking of six episodes. We only have six episodes. And why are we wasting again? And I don't mean wasting is in wasting. I'm saying if you had 12 or 13 episodes Mm -hmm. and you had this subplot, I would be like, oh, yeah, this is cool. I like her. But six episodes why are you wasting t- airtime with her unless it's monumental? And please don't yeah. let it be the parents. Oh, yeah. please don't let it be. The and, and also the episode was a full <laughs> 59 minutes. So we got a full Doctor Who episode this week. So from that point of view, I didn't feel like I was lacking from the, the A plot versus the, the B plot that we have here going on. Mm. But it was a little bit of a marvelous episode Considering the fact, and I'm wondering if you guys saw our mid-credit scene. Yeah, Clarence referenced the the Princess Leia message, so that's where. Oh, that was, oh, that was yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, okay, got it. And talking about the music, you may have noticed that the music, the the closing theme, was distorted, which I think was a great way of making people sit up. You know, during the closing titles, go. What? What's going on? <laughs> what? And then it, yeah. it led you into the mid-credit scene. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. 
Yep. And I, I like the, the static too. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, gentlemen, that brings me to the end of my notes. But I have to ask, were there any other things that either of you wanted to talk about that we've not brought up? And, Lee, I'll start with you. Um. Well, the... um. The literature fan in me, again, always enjoys when the doctor shouts out to some uh, Victorian author or something like that. And this time she mentions very flippantly that she's played Scrabble with the Victorian novelist Mary Evans, uh, a.k.a. George Eliot. Um, just with just her doing that Matt Smith thing of talking, talking, talking. Uh, so I love that. Um, there's just some some, I think, some unforgettable visual moments in this episode. And we... We're talking a lot about story and about what people say, but I was struck by how often my jaw was kind of dropping watching this just because of something that was happening on screen. That moment of the, when they had uh, uh, Claire wired up to the EKG EEG machine and it started drawing an angel. <laughs> I, I just, <laughs> that, that's one of the most brilliant images ever because you know, that, that's that's the angel and they're figuring out a way to get out. That's that's fantastic. And of course, the doctor has Claire's drawing of an angel, which she tears up and throws in the fireplace. And anybody who's ever seen Mary Poppins knows that's not going to get rid of it. But right. uh, and the same thing happens is <laughs> that the pieces put themselves back together. And I love that image of the the angel image reassembling it. So, yeah. And then, of the course, flaming angel. Yeah, right. And then, um, yeah, yeah. And then this whole thing about trying to burn the paper and that makes it worse. Yeah. That's just, just some terrific, um, you know, again, cinematic scale special effects, but maybe best of all this, this bizarre thing of the otherwise normal landscape in 1910 and in 1967 that suddenly drops off into outer space. Mm. Um, it, it is, it is the end of the world. And uh, and that the two of them butt up, but they butt up at different times of day as well as, which makes sense, as well as different uh, years. And, and and yet when you get close enough, you can talk through it. You just can't step through. I, I just, I was just amazed at the, 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 the visual daringness of this episode. No, no. I think uh, what I was going to mention, Lee just mentioned, just the visuals. In this episode, just off the charts. And, you know, Lee's headed best. Nothing to add there. (laughs) Well, I do have one thing I want to add, but I want to make sure both of you have seen the Next Time trailer before I mention it. Have both of you seen the Next Time trailer? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I am so happy to see Kate Stewart back. Yeah. So. Yeah, we just got a glimpse of her profile, but she's definitely there. Yes. So that just made me grin from ear to ear because Kate Stewart, love her as a character. Well, and but what when I, you say that, it reminds me that I, I wondered how conscious they were of this episode airing during Doctor Who anniversary week. You know, it was not going to come out on the 23rd, but it was going to come out on the Sunday before the 23rd. And there were definitely, I think, more than the usual number of callbacks to the classic series which I guess just the presence of Kate Stewart always will be as well. But but we reversed the polarity of the neutron flow. Mm-hmm. And um, and the doctor got to say, as the second doctor did, when I say run, run. <laughs> so 
there may have been others that I missed, but uh, those were the two that shouted out to me. So I thought I thought that was brilliant, and you know, I'm I'm feeling Jodie Whittaker's Thirteenth Doctor so much more than in, and, and I just think it's because it just this just feels more Doctor Who to me. Yeah. It just does. <laughs> And I love the fact that we're excited about it. And I love the fact that we can say what our favorite quotes are. And I will actually go first. My favorite quote is, you have been recalled by the division. (laughs) I just thought that was cool. So that's my favorite quote. So Clarence, favorite quote, what's yours? Mine goes back to the scene I mentioned earlier with Dan, Professor Jericho, Yasmin, and I think Peggy and the doctor where uh, Yaz says, don't come any closer. We're stuck in 1901. Uh, and <laughs> Jericho's like, we're what? And then Dan is like, maybe we should have broken that to you a bit more gently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oops. All right, Lee Shackelford, what say you? <laughs> oh, this is a long quote. But of course, this is the doctor doing, again, that thing that uh, Jodie Whittaker and Matt Smith both did so well, just talking, talking, talking. But uh, after having saved the TARDIS and everybody in it from the weeping angel, she says, well, of course it worked. Only problem is it will take a very long time for the TARDIS to reboot to operational status again. And the other only problem is we don't know where we are. Or even if we are. And the third only problem is, even if we are somewhere, what if it's where the angel wanted us to be in the first place when it hijacked the TARDIS? <laughs> so, it's like she doesn't know. <laughs> she's pretending like she doesn't know how English works. When you say this is the only problem, you have to stop there. <laughs> yeah. That translates into, you're probably screwed. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, what do what you think about the problems. dark... What do you think about the doctor pulling those conduits out of the wall to repel the the angel there? I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, another very interesting visual. And yeah, nice to know that's a possibility. <laughs> and and for that at least moment, it looked like the door was back in the right place. It was, yeah. No cracks in the door, but still uh, in the right place. So, favorite scene. Lee Shackelford, why don't you go first this time? I was just another visual, but also just the concept of it. I that This sort of mass assumption scene with thousands crowded around the mount, like they've come to hear Jesus. But what they get is Azure and Passenger, who will take them to what looks like glory, but we know is imprisonment. Just that whole scenario. It was just a visually stunning, but also what a... What an interesting idea to see these these uh, these people who survived, and yeah. the, the the elation on their faces. We're about to be taken up. We're going to go to to somewhere better. No, you're not. Bell knows. It's just a great scene. Yeah. And I, let me just say real quick. I like Azure and Swarm. <laughs> I know they're bad, but but they're so over Oosh. the top bad. I know they're just cool all right clarence favorite scene mine is going to be long hanging fruit low hanging fruit here but mine's going to be when the doctor turned into what appears to be an angel or an angel or a doctor a case in carbonite or whatever you want to call it but the, the cool <laughs> thing about that is when i was watching this or re-watching it for the second time my mom was in the room and i was telling her yeah this is doctor who she was like 
the same show from from back in the day you know like yeah it's the same show this you know jody whittaker's a doctor now and she's like cool and she actually predicted even though she hadn't seen the episode she predicted that the doctor was going to turn into an angel before it happened I'm like how did wow. you know that you you haven't been watching the show <laughs> so tell your mom maybe we need to swap yeah. maybe we need to sw- I'm, right. I'm i'm making a joke but, but uh because we don't want to lose you but um tell your mom maybe we should swap you out for her <laughs> maybe so but me. but i'm making a joke because like i said we don't want to lose you yeah but that's my favorite moment because of that so i got to watch it with my mom so yeah yeah well, I'm glad you have that memory and that scene, but I'm also going to take that scene as well because I'm going to go back to what you said earlier and how it was done and how it was filmed and how it looked. It just was so cool that she didn't look just like an angel. She looked like a weeping angel doctor. So I just thought that that was cool. So that's my favorite scene. So final rating, and Clarence, I'm going to go back to you. Final rating, one to five. What would you give it? Oh, man, it's so hard. I really, I really enjoyed this episode. 4.8, 4.8. I don't think there's much they could have changed to make it better for me. I feel like it's a great exploration of the angels. I think I just got more questions you know, a short few episodes from the season being over. But yeah, I really loved it. All right. Lee Shackelford, what say ye? I'm going to go all the way and give it five piping hot sonic screwdrivers. <laughs> ah, okay. I'm going to give it 4.9999999999999 out of five. I'm so sorry, but I don't like you bales out of five. Yeah. And I hope I'm wrong about you, Bell, out of fives. But 4.9999999 is my rating. That's what I'm giving. But I really, really liked it. Yeah. So, gentlemen, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I know you are both getting ready for Thanksgiving. And for everyone listening, whether you are in the United States or whether you're in the world, somewhere else, no matter when you're listening to us, Maybe it's summer, maybe it's Christmas, maybe it's just a weird day in the neighborhood. I don't know. But whenever you're listening to us, Lee Shackelford, specifically, what do you like telling people? And I think it's so appropriate because of what this week That's is. That's true. Thanksgiving. It is Thanksgiving. So what do you like to tell people? One of the things that we are grateful for is you. We are so thankful for the fact that you could have been doing anything with this uh, hour and you chose to spend it with us. Thank you so much. Yes, indeed. So gentlemen, as always, thank you for your time. This is a pleasure. This is awesome. Loving having Dr. Who at this time of the year. It's cool. It's awesome. But like you said, Lee, it's great. We're thankful for everyone listening. So have a good holiday. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and as always, we will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com.